Yeah, so as Glenn said, we're just starting a, a new series. It's called Ancient Wisdom in the Present Tense. And the idea that, like asking that question, like what does wisdom literature written 2,500 years ago have to say to us today? Um, is it something that's useful? Is it something helpful? Um, what can we do with it? And so that's kind of the question that we're asking as we move forward. And so as common, what we do is we start with Lectio Divina, which is a, basically a way of reading through the passage together and just asking like the Holy Spirit in a sense, what stands out in this passage as we read through it? And so if you want to just put the scripture up and I'll just read through it slowly and then um, maybe I can ask somebody to read it a second time for us. And then we'll just kind of just sit with that for a moment. So it says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight and receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance and for understanding proverbs, parables, and the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland, they are a garland of grace to your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Today, basically, I'm just going to lead into some thoughts that I had as I was reflecting on, on this passage. And it kind of works as an introduction, like it's the introduction to the book of Proverbs. It's, it's uh, Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 9. And so I was just trying to think through, like, okay, like, what is Proverbs? What is, like, and then the question of what is wisdom? How does it work? What do we do with it? Right? And so as it kind of, like, you know, for me at least, when I, when I come into the new year, one of the things that I like to start the year off is, is I take the first two weeks to reflect back on the previous year and then think about the year to come. Like, what do I want to see happen in the year to come? Right? And, but like, and for me, at least, with all the hustle and bustle, like the holiday season, um, I don't feel I can give like, full attention to like, reflect and like, for proper introspection during the holiday season. So like, when I see people post on Instagram, like on January 1st, here's my New Year's resolutions, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, that made me feel so bad. I'm like so procrastinating, I can't get mine done. Right? And, but at the same time, like, like what I'm coming to understand is that like, I honestly cannot, like for me at least, like set out on any course of action so flippantly anymore. Like when I was younger, I would have been like, oh, I gotta put something up too, because I feel like, you know, this is what we gotta do. It's January 1st, if you don't put it on January 1st, it doesn't count. Um, but this is the first year where I actually gave myself like permission. I said, okay, I'm gonna take two weeks to ponder, reflect, plan, strategize for this coming year. Because every other year, it's just what ended up happening. And, and in all honesty, like, I felt like garbage for doing it, right? It's just like, oh man, I felt bad. I felt like I was procrastinating, but just re not realizing that it was actually a pattern of, this is how I think, this is how I process. And so a big part of the reason for me coming, like from having like that negative feeling based on not getting it done was just a, a that my self-perception was off, right? I had this image of myself as the kind of person who makes like decisions on the fly, who makes, you know, who's making moves happen at the drop of a hat, you know, kind of hustling and go-getting all the time. Like that was my, that's, that was my self-image. And so by procrastinating, it's like I'm, I'm letting myself down based on my perception of who I, who I think I am, right? But um, one of the things that I learned about myself this year is that I actually take a lot of time to process up front um, to decide something, which then allows me after I've made a decision, like the decision about the big things, and I can make moves on the fly. I can actually make those decisions on the go because I've already actually spent a lot of time processing about 
about it in the past. And so it wasn't until one of my mentors um, of mine, he pointed this out to me, right? We were talking about how I decided, and I'm like, man, I think really, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm really adaptable. I, I make decisions. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yes, I do. And, and, and we just kind of had this conversation about it. But at the end of that conversation, it's like, you know what? Like, as, as he kind of asked me about all these major decisions that had happened over the past year. And I'm like, each one probably took me about a month of processing it before I was able to come to a place where then the decisions seemed like they happened really fast. Right, and so he observed a pattern in my life. He observed something that gave me actually actual anxiety, and then he gave me insight to actually help liberate me from an incomplete perception of myself. Right, and I would say like that—that's kind of how wisdom functions. Right, it's it's the observations about life, it's about how things work, it's about how you function, that are reflected upon and in turn provide insight into how you can then live. Right, so. But we must be willing to see things. We must be willing to see first, right? We must be willing to observe. We must be willing then to understand, to reflect and understand. And then we must be willing to put it into action in order for wisdom to kind of come full circle into something useful and helpful, right? And like, we, like we've all heard the saying, like hindsight is 2020, right? Like, all, like I always hear that saying from people. But the reality is that hindsight isn't 2020. Like I know a lot of people who when they look back on their lives, they never understand why certain things happen and they never understand why certain things keep happening. Right, because there's no reflection, there's no understanding. They can look back and say, well, these things happen, but there's no actual understanding, there's no reflection, and then because of that, there's no insight, no action taken. Right, so hindsight is 2020 when reflected upon and understood. Right, and so Proverbs, I think, like, it works the same way. It's kind of in the same way as we talk about hindsight. Right, like, we reflect upon them. We have to seek and understand them within our context, actually, it becomes a very subjective idea for us. Like, we actually have to understand it, with it for who we are and how it functions for us. And then we have, and as we gain clarity and understanding, we can put that, what we've learned, the wisdom that we've learned into action. And when we do that with these ancient words of wisdom, then they can become transformative for our lives, right? Another one of my mentors, uh, he told me, he had this saying that he used to always say, right, that wisdom is gained by one of two ways from our own experiences or from the experiences of others. And he would use the example, like if you run into a wall once, like, you know, bang, right? Once you recover your senses, right? You, you know, you should gain some wisdom from that. Like the wisdom would be, don't run into walls, it hurts, right? But you could also watch someone else run into a wall, watch them knock out and get the same piece of wisdom and say, don't run into walls, it hurts, right? And I think like, so Proverbs, are collected reflections of other people running into walls that were gathered around 2,500 years ago. Like that's what the book of Proverbs is. All right? And so we now have the benefit of allowing these experiences to help us grow here in the present and, you know, um, and grow in wisdom. And so a couple quick notes before I go on is that not all wisdom that others will pass on to you is helpful actually, right? What worked for one person may not work for you. And Proverbs are not a one-size-fits-all instructions for life. Proverbs are general observations about life that were helpful to someone, and therefore they were written down. And that is why it's important to reflect and understand before we act. Because if we just take it at face value, we, we, we end up getting ourselves into all kinds of trouble, I think, personally. Right? And like one example of this is a saying, a saying that I heard all the time growing up, spare the rod, spoil the child. Right? It's a proverb that I'm, not, that I'm sure most of us have probably heard sometime in our life. Um, at least in my childhood, I was haunted by it every single day. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Um, spare the rod, spoil the child. It's based on Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Right? At first glance, this Proverbs seems to be admonishing people to beat their children out of love. At least that's how it was interpreted for people, me growing up at least, right? This hurts me more than it hurts you, was something I heard. Um, or other things that people have said, like, I'm, I'm hitting you because I love you. You made me have to hurt you. Um, if you only behaved, right? Like that kind of stuff. And like these are toxic messages, I think, um, that, that come from the, the use of this proverb without understanding and without reflection. Right? These are toxic interpretations that come from acting without that reflection. And so first, um, like just, like just to kind of like use this as an example to break down the idea of reflection and understanding, is when, like, like, like take the, the opening word like, like rod there, right, in this proverb. Well, like a rod is a, is a metaphor, right? Um, we, we see it in other parts of the Bible. Like where else have we heard the word rod used in the Bible, right? Like for me, when I read this, the first thing that came to mind was Psalm 23. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Which come from Psalm, this, a psalm talking about God being our shepherd and guiding us and loving us. And so in, in this psalm, a rod is, is one of the shepherd's tools that are used to bring comfort to the sheep, right? Um, the rod is not some blunt instrument in, this, in that psalm, um, or in my case, like growing up, it's not a wooden spoon that one uses to beat their children, right? Rather, it is a tool that brings comfort, at least in the hands of a lovely shepherd it does, right? And so now I don't know much about shepherding. Like I've never, I've never actually like watched over sheep or anything like that. I don't know anything about herding sheep. I see pictures and they look fluffy. And I heard that we'll call that if they fall in a river without a shepherd around, they die because they can't get up and all sorts of things like that. But I actually know nothing about these. This, this, you know, it's all hearsay. But with, even without knowing anything about shepherding, just by by reflecting on okay, rod metaphor. Oh, it's a shepherd's tool. It's actually about comfort. It's about a, gu a shepherd that guides and loves his his sheep. Right? I've already learned something that should change the way that I just read Proverbs 13.24. Right? The, word, the word rod, again, is metaphoric. It connects me to the idea of shepherding. Right? So a rod for a shepherd is a tool um, that is used to guide and bring and comfort sheep. And without it, like, like, so without that brief reflection... Understanding the word discipline later in that verse is often taken to mean hit because if we think of a rod as something to beat somebody with, all of a sudden discipline becomes about hitting somebody. And so to discipline your child was to hit them, which then makes this verse say, if you love your child, you will beat them, um, which to me is really messed up and I, I would say is not true. Um, but when we understand the word rod as a metaphor that means we need to guide and comfort our children. Now the passage says this: If you love your child, you will guide and comfort them. You are, you're, 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 you will guide and comfort your child carefully, disciplining, or we could use the word even correcting them, which is a lot different than I beat you because I love you. Like I've had the privilege over the last year and a half to to to, to be raising my nephew, um, and, and it's an experience of learning to, to to be a parent to a teenager with no buffer space. Right? It's going from like, hey, you were a cute kid when you were like this tall, and now you're angsty, and I get the angsty part. <laughs> and, but at no time, even in the midst of that angst, um, in my experience of being a parental figure to my nephew, have I thought, man, I should beat him to show him I love him. 
right? But I have thought that I need to guide him, I need to comfort him, I need to correct him, and these are good things that show him I love him if I do these things well. And so this proverb is helpful to me when it's properly reflected upon and understood. This proverb actually helps me to be a better parental figure to my nephew, to love my nephew better when it's properly reflected upon and understood, right? And so Proverbs, as I said, they're a mixture of observations about life that are often told through metaphor. And when we understand that they're, they're, they're observations about life that are often told through metaphor, we have to ask the question, what, like sometimes there isn't a metaphor in it, but we ask the question, what is the metaphor of this proverb? What is it asking me to reflect on? What is it asking me to begin to understand? And, and, and when, we, when we begin to do it, like, it begins to unlock the proverb, like wisdom for us, because we actually took the time to reflect and understand it, right? And so in that way, like what are, what are, what are, what are the purpose of Proverbs, right? It becomes this, Proverbs are for gaining wisdom and instruction. Proverbs are for understanding words of insight. Proverbs are for receiving instruction um, for wise dealing. Proverbs are about what's right, just, and fair. Proverbs are about giving prudence to those who are simple. Proverbs is about, in that way, it's about growth, right? Proverbs are about imparting knowledge and discretion to the young. Proverbs are about the wise, letting the wise listen and add to their learning. Proverbs are about letting the discerning get guidance. And it, and, and it says the only people who despise wisdom in that sense are, are the people, are fools, right? And so there's this idea that as we, we can, we can be, I would, I would say anyways, we can approach wisdom from ignoring it, but we can also ignore wisdom. We can like ignore wisdom by not actually taking the time to reflect and understand it. It becomes the same thing because it becomes a tool. It can become something that's not helpful, not useful and actually hurtful to people, um, to ourselves, if we don't actually take the time to heed and listen, as it says in the end of the verse where it says, listen to the words that I'm, the instructions that I'm giving you, heed the advice that your mom's giving to you, you know, your mother's giving to you. And there's this idea that you, like listening comes with that notion of understanding. So, and so, as I said before, that Proverbs are the collected observations and reflections of other people from 2,500 years ago, right? But Proverbs are not an end-all and be-all in themselves, right? Proverbs, it's not like, that's not the end of wisdom. It's not like once the author that was mentioned there, Solomon, finished writing these down, was like, well, that's all the wisdom you're ever going to need in this world, right? Proverbs are actually, it's, it's about teaching someone to be wise. It's about how to think wisely. And so they become a model for a way of seeing and doing life, right? It becomes, well, I can look at the world around me, I can observe that, I can, I can reflect upon that, I can understand new things, and, I, and it can change the way that I act, right? It becomes a model for how we, how we can live and see life. And so when we look at, at we, look, we can look at a Proverbs and draw parallels with our, our context in our own lives. Like I look at that like from Proverbs 13, 24, and say, okay, when I, when I actually reflect and understand that, I look at my own life and I say, oh, okay, that helps me with my nephew. That actually helps me to, to, to guide and to comfort and to, to walk with my nephew in a way that is helpful and, and healing for him. Um, but we can also use the tools that we learn from reflecting on, on Proverbs to create new ones out of our own lives as well, right? And so, like, this is the gift, this is like, this is the beauty and gift of metaphor and analogy is that everything around us can teach us something. Every, if, if we're open to observe it, if we're open to look, everything can teach us something. And so, like, like a few weeks back, for those, uh, those of you guys that were here, um, when Rana, she used an illustration of a, of a tree that was in front of her doctor. She saw this tree that was dead, and it made her start thinking about 
the life cycle of this tree. And, and, and she offered us a reflection upon that that offered her a new understanding about life. Right? So it was something that she observed something, she reflected on it, gained a new understanding, and it, it helped her to shift in some of her thinking. Right? And, and so for me, like, I've always been a people watcher. So like, like observing people isn't the hardest thing for me to do. Um, but all, like for me, because it's, it's, it's truthfully, it's mostly it's just because it's more entertaining than anything else, right? Like you can watch television or you can watch people, and it's watching people is usually is more fun, uh, not in a creepy way, like not like in the shadows with binoculars or something. Like, but I remember that the, the, um, if you can put the picture up, the next picture up, yeah, that one there. Um, I remember this one time, um, sometime last year, I can't remember the exact date. Um, I was sitting in a coffee shop in Pitt Meadows, and I watched this car pull up, and this elderly man who could barely walk himself gets out of the car on the driver's side and walks around the car, and he goes to the passenger's side and he opens the car door. And he got down on one knee first, and then he slowly gets down onto his other knee and slowly shifts himself from kneeling to sitting on the curb at the, pass at the open passenger side door. And, and he proceeded to lift his, the legs of his wife out of the car while mas gently massaging her feet. And he reached into the car and pulled out a pair of shoes, and he carefully placed them on her feet. After all this was done, with great trouble, he made his way back to his feet, and he helped his wife go from the car to the coffee shop. And it's one of those things, it's like, okay, cool, ordinary scene, like things like, things like this happen, right? But it's one of those things that is stuck in my head. I, I, it, was, it was this image of life, this observation that I made that, it, that it's prompted me to actually take a picture, and I hope nobody knows those people, because, <laughs> well, hey, whatever. Um, but I spent the better part of a year reflecting on that moment that I observed, right? And it, cause, because I, I, I have allowed that moment to teach me to care, right? Because I, I have thought about that moment, um, that, that moment when my germophobia, uh, when my discomfort would hinder me from caring for the people I love. Um, like, just, this is just me, but I think like feet are kind of gross. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to put your shoes on, that kind of stuff. Um, but to watch this, this old man gently aid, like, come to the care of his wife was, was something for me that was beautiful that said, Love can overpower my discomfort, right? And so the lesson that I learned is that love will allow me to care for the people even when, my, even when it's uncomfortable and hard. And so there's like moments in our lives like that, just as an example, that when we intentionally observe, they become proverbs that can guide us, right? Like these memories that we have, it's like, oh yeah, okay, like, I, I, like now that my, like um, most, most people know here that my, my mom's in the hospital with a broken ankle and the idea of going to help and care for her, like, I'll be honest, hospitals are disgusting to me. Like, there's germs everywhere. Um, you hear about bacteria that, like, antibiotics can't kill and all this kind of stuff. And I'll be honest, I don't really want to go to a hospital, but I love my mom. So it allows me to go into a space that is uncomfortable, that is hard for me at least. It may not be hard for you, but it's hard for me. And so, you know, it's that idea that wisdom boils down to, the, to observation, reflection, understanding, and action. And we, and we can gain wisdom from reading proverbs, like different proverbs that we get from 2,500 years ago. Idea of that we get the wisdom of watching other people run into walls and, and, and learn something from that. But we can also, and we just get it from these different moments of life. And so when we take the time to intentionally observe, we can become really, really wise people. When we take the time to understand and reflect on those moments, we can become wise people. And so... This is what, for me, Proverbs teaches us. This is what these ancient words of wisdom have to say um, to us in the present tense, in the here and now. We, I think most of us at least want to try to start the year off wisely, right? Most of us, 
we create different um, New Year's resolutions. We create like oh, new patterns. I'm gonna I'm gonna try doing this. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna do different things because we think these things are wisdom that that will lead to a better life. And so. At the beginning of the year, I think it's just the perfect time for us to begin to kind of ask those questions about wisdom. And so I would say, though, like, like when we look back over this past year, like what is an experience that you learned something from in this past year? And how could that experience possibly help you move forward in the future? Like what are some ways that we could be more intentional in this coming year to make observations um, and actually create space to reflect and understand and allow these to be, to be lessons that we learn from our lives? Like, what, what are some ways that we could actually do that to be intentional about it, not just have it be happenstance where it's like, oh, that thing happened and I happened to, re to remember it, but to actually be looking for those moments that everything around us can teach us something. 